Life Audio. If you're not sure what the answer is, I want you to know it is so simple. It is so simple to invite God into your life in this real and meaningful way. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the one who makes a way for us to be back in relationship with the Father, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that Not only did Jesus come to die for our sins, but he was resurrected. He proves that he has power over death, that nothing can keep us from him, not death or life, that nothing can separate us from the love of the Father through Jesus. If you believe those things and you confess with your mouth that it's true, then you're saved and that God dwells within you, that the Holy Spirit will dwell in your heart and that you are sealed in him. Hey, my friends, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I am your host in this podcast series. And if you're new with us, welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us, and we hope that committing to this small practice of engaging with Scripture week after week will be a blessing to you. And I know it will be, because God has said that His Word will never return void. So you are never wasting your time when you are hearing God's Word, and I am trusting that God is using this in mighty ways in your life. Because he cares about you and he loves you and he desires for you to know him. And that's really the big story of scripture. Anywhere that we find ourselves in any passage of scripture, we can see that this is God's love story for us um, in the midst of a very, very human experience. And what I mean by that is that the Bible is as full of sin, suffering, pain, things not working out things going sideways as your own life. And we have a God who enters into that with us. So we are in the book of Genesis. And if you haven't been listening to the series, you may want to go back. I'll give you just a quick overview that especially when we're in the Old Testament, it's really important to zoom out. You can't just like hone in on one piece of scripture and try to dissect it into a hundred little parts without understanding the bigger story. Because Genesis particularly is narrative. It's a story. And so if we were going to cut it into fractional bits, we will miss what the story is about. Just like if you ripped one page out of the middle of an epic novel and you tried to understand everything that was happening, you wouldn't. And it would be very possible that you would misconstrue what was happening and and not understand the characters because it's part of a bigger story. So this whole thing has been part of a bigger story, but we've been particularly in the last couple of weeks looking at Jacob. And we opened our story last week with Jacob's dream. And we're going to close our story this week with another time that Jacob was in the night and having an encounter. And this is going to be in Genesis chapter 32. So if you want to turn in your scriptures to Genesis 32, if you're listening and sitting somewhere with your coffee, or if you are walking or running or whatever, doing things and using this as you go about your day, I will also read to you the passage. We're going to be in the NIV today. So I will read to you from Genesis 32 verses. We're going to start in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? 
Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and as he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Okay, we're going to follow our normal alive method. We're going to ask, what does it say? We're going to make observations of this passage that are happening here before us. Obviously, we have a very mysterious situation going on here, right? Jacob is alone, and as it gets dark, there is a man, a mysterious man, who comes to him, and they wrestle through the entire night. After they wrestle all night, and the man is not going to win, and Jacob is not going to let go, then the man actually creates an injury in Jacob, and he still will not let go. And so then he says, I want to be blessed. I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. So this is like a really strange story. I get it. It's really weird. We're like, what is going on? But all we need is a little bit of context and a little bit of our study notes to understand that this was an appearance of God. Was it an angel of God? Was it God himself? Unclear. But clearly, this person had the power of God within them. This appearance had the power of God within him because he blesses. Anytime someone blesses anyone else, the person who's doing the blessing is superior, has more authority, has more honor than the person receiving the blessing, right? That's just the way that blessing works. And we know that something here has happened that is quite extraordinary because it's not just about what happens during, but this is how we get into the backstory. It's what happens before and after that help us understand why this experience over this one night was actually really important to Jacob's life. So let's get into the backstory for a minute and look back a little bit at Jacob's life and then forward what happens next. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to UnityWeekend.com. That's UnityWeekend.com. 
www.ministryofhope.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So the first thing I want you to know is that when Jacob comes on the scene in the world, he is a twin of Esau. We talked about them being brothers last time. And in Genesis 25, verse 22, it says that Rebecca was in distress, their mother. And it says the children struggled together within her. Jacob's life before he was even born was marked by struggle, struggling with humans, struggling with man. And this struggle with his brother Esau is an ongoing theme throughout the story of Jacob's life. Remember, he we talked about this last week. He steals Esau's birthright. He then steals his blessing. And so now he's terrified of his brother because he's taken all of the best that was meant to be for his brother, and he's kept it for his own, and then he's left home. So he's been gone for a long time. And then we catch up in this story, and we know that he's going to encounter Esau again. And what happens earlier in the story, this is like huge, in verse chapter 32, verse 9, Jacob actually prays. And if you remember that last week, we talked about this idea that when Jacob first encountered God, he was like, uh, if you're with me, if you keep me safe, if you return me to my father's house, then you'll be my God. And now we're in verse, you know, chapter 32, several seasons ahead in Jacob's life. And we see that in verse nine, he actually prays to God. And this is what he says. This is in 32 verse nine. And Jacob said, oh, God of my father, Abraham and God of my father, Isaac. He doesn't say, oh, God of me. He says, God of my father, Abraham, God of my father, Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, so now he's recalling the promise, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps, meaning I have so much wealth. I have so much abundance. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he is prayed. He has just recently prayed to God. He has just recently said, Lord, I am scared. This is a scared prayer about what Esau could do to him and is going to do to him. In fact, he is very, very controlling at this part in the story. Jacob is controlling about the way that he moves toward Esau's camp. Jacob has a lot of wealth. He has his beloved wife and children that he loves. He has several wives and several children, but we know he loves Rachel the most and he loves Rachel's children the most. And he sets up his camp so that the things that are most important to him are at the end and the things that he cares the least about are at the beginning. So imagine being one of those people who's lined up in that way. But then he tells his servant as he goes forward, he's like, this is what I want you to say. This is how I want you to do it. You need to give him gift after gift, present after present. He's very much fearful and controlling of the situation that he's going to find with Esau. He's very, very nervous. This is what's happening before the dream. Now, after the dream, after this verse in this chapter, what we actually experience is that Esau is a picture of grace to Jacob. He runs to Jacob. He embraces him. He kisses him. He blesses him. He is so gracious and good to Jacob. None of the fears that Jacob had actually came true. And in the middle of this story and all of this is this moment, this evening, this weird experience with a mysterious man that Jacob struggles with. And he struggles to receive his blessing. 
And so when we think about what does this mean for us, what does this scene really look like? I think that what we're seeing here is that Jacob is struggling with his identity. He's struggling to know who he is. And he's renamed by God or by an angel of God at that point. And the name that he's given is Israel, which means strives with God, strives with God and overcomes. And that name is the name that becomes the name of the chosen people of God. That's they're called Israel, right? And what we see here happening with Jacob is that he prays to God and then he desires a relationship with God. He holds on to this guy. He struggles with him. He won't release him until there's a blessing. Even after his injury, he doesn't release him because he wants to be named. He wants to be known. He wants to be in relationship with God. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. A.W. Tozer says in The Pursuit of God that God formed us for himself. And if you follow that thinking through, that God formed us for himself, that means that any time that we are out of relationship with God, we will struggle. And that until we find ourselves in him, until we understand ourselves as named by God, as loved by God, as identified with God, until we do that, we will struggle. And we will still struggle with worldly issues after we're known by God, but it's a different kind of struggle. Because if you've ever struggled in your soul, if you've ever felt out of sync with who you are, if you've ever had that just deep sense that you don't know where you belong and you don't know your purpose and you don't know if you're loved, you know that that is a completely different kind of suffering than the kind of suffering we experience when we have trouble or pain or relational issues The kind of deep soul struggle is a different struggle altogether. And it's the kind of struggle that is addressed through the person of Christ. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. What Jesus was saying is that he makes a way for us to cease striving and to not have that kind of struggle anymore. And Jacob, in this moment, all night long, actually decides he desires relationship with God. We know that God's been pursuing him all along, but now Jacob is responding and pursuing God. And in that pursuit, 
we see a life that is changed. Does Jacob's life still have struggle after this? Absolutely. Keep reading. But what we see is that when Jacob is an old man, after everything that happens with his son, Joseph, which is the whole back half of the book of Genesis, and we'll talk a lot more about that soon. But as Jacob goes through life, what we actually see at the end of his life is that in chapter 47 of Genesis, we find him bowing in worship on his staff as an old man, the end of his life, as he blesses his sons and blesses his grandsons, he's worshiping. He's in relationship with God. He lived his life. He lived out of his identity. He lived out of this place. Did he still struggle? Absolutely. But I don't think he struggled the way he did before he was blessed by God. Isaiah 43 verse one says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Why does the chapter, why does that chapter use the terms Jacob and Israel? Because you and I are all Jacob. You and I are all Israel. We all are about struggling with God and man and finding our peace. That is what we find when we come into relationship with God. So what does this mean for you? Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends on where God is in your life right now. It depends on what your answer is to the question, do I know where I belong? Do I understand that I have an identity? Do I feel at home in my soul? Is God dwelling with me in my heart? Because if the answer is yes, then your only response is praise. Your only response is worship and gratitude because you have found yourself back home where you belong back home with your heavenly father. And if, if you're not sure what the answer is, I want you to know it is so simple. It is so simple to invite God into your life in this real and meaningful way. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the one who makes a way for us to be back in relationship with the father. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that not only did Jesus come to die for our sins, but he was resurrected. He proves that he has power over death that nothing can keep us from him, not death or life, that nothing can separate us from the love of the Father through Jesus. If you believe those things and you confess with your mouth that it's true, then you're saved and that God dwells within you, that the Holy Spirit will dwell in your heart and that you are sealed in him for the day of redemption. That is our wrestling. That is what we go through until we surrender fully to the goodness of God found through the person of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family, everyone. Amen. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.